To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Two questions today about aggression in a very young toddler, a one-year-old, who can't really verbalize much yet. So how do you work with that? How can you help a very young toddler share emotions better when they have very few verbal skills? And the second is about a pet that isn't working out, but the child is very attached. What does a parent do in that situation? And we'll get to those, but a quick update. We've been on summer break here for two weeks now. My oldest just asked me yesterday how many more weeks until school starts. So I think he's really over being stuck at home. So I wanted to share a tip about one of the things I've done to keep them at least a little bit busy right now, because screen time has definitely become way more than we ever could have imagined. So I wanted to set up some boundaries around it. So if you have kids seven plus, one or more of these tips might be helpful. So first I got them all big life journals. Now this is a journal about a growth mindset, asks some fun questions, has some great stories, short stories, two to three pages. They work on these 20 minutes every morning, Then we go over them together and talk about it. They also have to read 45 minutes a day. So they have, then they have breakfast, do any of their jobs, feed the dogs, empty the dishwasher, take out the trash, a few other things that are on their list. They have to get all that done before they're allowed to get online. They also need to do an hour a day of some sort of outside time, bikes, skateboards, throwing a ball to each other or to the puppy get in the pool, jump on the trampoline. Luckily, we have all of these things, so they have quite a few options. And swimming is still supposedly starting next week. 
I'm gonna not gonna hold my breath, but we'll see. We also do some baking and cooking together several times a week, so that's been fun. So they're still getting more screen time than I'd like, but they still aren't seeing friends very much, so they do chat with their friends online and play games. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> also, we started working on the next set of classes. I'm really excited. I really wanted to have more for parents of tweens and teens. So next on deck is Discipline Tools for Teens. This is for kids 11 plus because there's so many emotional, social, and physical changes moving forward towards adulthood that discipline is going to shift around the age of 11. I'm also working on a three-part co-parenting series for parents who are separating or divorcing or divorced for navigating this life change and supporting the kids through it and beyond. Now, kids from divorced families can absolutely thrive, especially when parents are able to work together. But even when one parent is really solid in the way they relate to their kids around the divorce and just in general, these children can have the foundation they need to be happy and successful. So I wanted to share all those tools and tips as well. So I'll be sharing more as we get closer to releasing these new classes. So for our first question, this is from Jessica. Jessica says, hi, Erin. I love your podcast and can't get enough of it. As a new mom, I greatly appreciate all the insight. I just finished listening to your episode about toddlers and aggression. My 14-month-old is showing the things you mentioned during the episode. When he's frustrated, he's throwing things, biting, hitting, scratching, screaming. My husband and I try to react calmly, address his feelings, and try to model what to do instead. But he is only one, so I'm not sure how much he's understanding. He also can't talk like a three-year-old yet. So can you please give me some guidance on how to approach and coach my one-year-old when he's dealing with frustration? He is a quick learner and wants to try things for himself. We usually let him, but when he gets frustrated that it's not working, he does one of the things mentioned above. This also happens when we need him to move in the direction we want him to go for safety or when he grabs something he shouldn't and we need to take it away. I know he's at the stage of his development where he's wanting to be independent, but how do I teach my one-year-old to cope with his frustration instead of hitting, biting, screaming, scratching, and throwing? Thank you, as always, for your wisdom, Jessica. Okay, great question. Working with a one-year-old can be a bit different than working with a toddler who's a little bit older, has a little bit more capacity for understanding and changing behavior. So aggression is common in these age groups, and it can be a go-to for really young toddlers for two reasons. The first is their lack of language skills, especially with these really young ones. At 14 months, some toddlers aren't able to say much yet. Some have a growing single word vocabulary like food, ball, bottle, water, etc. Very few might be starting to use two-word phrases, so it doesn't give them a lot to work with when you're trying to express something as complicated as emotions, let alone the big ones like anger or frustration, so hitting and throwing become the common reaction. In addition to the lack of language, they also just don't have the logical brain developed enough to manage these feelings very well, to catch themselves before they tip over the edge. So this takes some practice, and this is what these toddler years are all about. This is where parents are really working on these social-emotional skills through these years. So up 
through three and even four, depending on the child, these outbursts are frequent ways of expressing their feelings. Although it will get less and less frequent, especially through that third year from three to four, especially if you're really working on it. The good news is that even with a lack of language skill, the comprehension is pretty advanced, even at one year old. They understand a lot of what we say, so you can still coach and still set boundaries. Now, what this means is sending the message that the behavior is unacceptable. You can do this with words, actions, or both. With young toddlers, these actions can speak really loudly, and so they can learn really quickly. I'm going to get into the details of what you can say and do through your actions to send these messages and put boundaries around the behavior when we get back after the break. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I wanna not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I wanna feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now that we're back after the break, let's get into the coaching. When it comes to coaching, you first want to label his feelings. It sounds like you're doing this, but just for all the parents out there, just as a reminder, just like you've been doing, And then if you want to add in why, then you can put that in there too. 
So here's some examples. I can see that you're frustrated because you can't get the block to stay on the stack. Or I see you're angry because you hurt your arm when you fell down. The feeling words, angry, frustrated, sad, mad, and the other ones like surprised and happy are the ways to help your child connect the words, the language, and the logical part of the brain to their feelings. So you're helping them develop this logical part of the brain when you are using the words and labeling the feelings. You're helping them make the connection to the visceral feeling in the body, that feeling in our gut, that feeling in our heart, that feeling in our throat when we're angry, upset, tense, stressed, sad, whatever, which is the more primitive parts of the brain, right? The limbic brain. So you're helping the development of connecting these two pieces together. In addition, you wanna let your child know the consequence of the hitting or throwing or biting, etc. So for throwing, it's probably taking the toy away as you've been doing. If it's hitting or biting or scratching, it's that mom or dad isn't gonna stay around for this. It's that you're going to get up and leave until he calms down because those things hurt. Now, I remember when my oldest was maybe a year old and he bit my arm. We were sitting on the floor playing and he bit me. So I promptly removed him from my lap. I sat him on the floor, then I got up and walked away. He was so upset, but he never did it again. It sent a very clear message that I didn't like that. So think about sending that very clear message that you will not tolerate the behavior and how you can send that message. Our young toddlers, removing our attention is a really big bummer. They really don't like that at all. So it is a great way to send a message. I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm going to get up and walk away. Now, he can get really upset. That does happen. But it's a logical consequence since no one wants to stay and play with someone if they're being hurt. So you can stay away up to two minutes or until your toddler calms down. Then you can come back and resume the play. If your toddler's throwing a fit, you don't want to keep explaining. They'll just be too upset to register it anyway. So you can readdress it once they calm down and you sit back down if you feel it would be helpful. You can say something like, I love playing with you, but I had to leave for a few minutes because biting hurts. Then you can work with your child on an alternative if you want to. Making a mad face. Show me your mad face. Like when you're mad. Show me your mad face. Making mad noises, and you can practice it together. Maybe a big loud exhale or a grumble, like, practice that together. That mad face with the mad sound. This gives them another go-to behavior without having to try to figure out the words because that's just too much at one year old. Couple other tips is to remember to state things in the positive as much as possible because little kids don't understand the negatives of no, don't, and stop. So things like no hitting, no biting, stop biting, I don't like, dot, dot, dot. They're all negative and then many times all the child can comprehend is the positive part of the statement, the hitting, the biting, the scratching, and the no or the stop or the don't is completely lost. So biting hurts or show me your mad face, those are positive statements, no biting, all they might understand is the biting and not really understand that that means don't do it. Another tip, when you are saying he's getting into things he shouldn't, doing that toddler proofing of your house, anything he shouldn't be grabbing already, there's just a couple of years where you're going to want to like clear some bookshelves, clear some things, put them up high, um, you know, put some door locks on, some baby gates. 
some latches on the cupboards in the kitchen, that type of thing, until they're ready to handle being having access to a lot of the items in the home. So that toddler proofing can go a long way without having to constantly go around and tell them they can't touch this and can't touch that. So that's another way to eliminate a lot of frustration for both parent and toddler. Also with the coaching and working with him, you're assisting the development of the logical brain like we talked about. You're helping the connection between the logical and the limbic brain. And so the toddler will learn to take a moment to consider before he reacts. This is gonna be some practice. You're gonna expect this to be an ongoing learning process throughout toddlerhood. Also the class, also I have several classes that can help with this more in detail, especially for older kids, helping your child with anger that goes into lots of tips and help with kids about three plus for that with stepping in when they start to get angry helping them pull themselves back and working through that process teaching them how to work through that process the next question is from marie and she said hi erin thank you for the excellent parenting information you provide my husband's and my style of parenting has been completely molded by what we've learned from your podcast and online classes i tell all my friends who have children about you and I send them links to your podcast. My son Lawson is three and a half, and he's become very fond of a neighborhood cat that has been living inside our home for the past four months. My son named her Miss Kitty, and she has been hanging around our neighborhood for about nine months. We realized she did not have a permanent home after asking all the neighbors about her and taking Miss Kitty to the neighborhood vet's office. We initially told Lawson and his nanny that Miss Kitty was not allowed inside, but almost every day I would get home from work, the cat would be lounging in our den. We finally had to get rid of the nanny for not following our guidelines regarding Miss Kitty and many other things. Lawson was sad about the nanny no longer taking care of him after two and a half years, and starting day school was hard for him. In fact, he cries and begs not to go to school. Because of these difficult changes, my husband and I do not have the heart to remove Miss Kitty from his life, too, so we eventually allowed the cat to stay inside during the cold winter months. Having a cat was not in our original plan, and she is clawing our furniture, climbing our curtains, and shedding cat hair everywhere. My husband and I are wondering if we can somehow give Miss Kitty to a loving family without breaking Lawson's heart. I've asked Lawson if he would be okay if Miss Kitty lived somewhere else, and he emphatically says no. Please help us know how to give Miss Kitty away without crushing Lawson. Thanks again for sharing life-changing parenting strategies that are practical and simple enough to implement the moment. We learn them, Marie. Okay, so this is a great question. I get these questions about pets and kids sometimes. Sometimes it's the toddler being too rough with the pet and trying to manage that. And kids and pets are a great combination because kids really learn empathy and love and caring for something. There's something especially bonding between kids and pets and especially when they're old enough to remember when the pet has joined the family. So our kids love our older dog and our other dog that we had to put down in November. And we were very sad. They were very sad when we had to euthanize her. But it's nothing like the connection they seem to have with our puppy because they were here and they remember her coming home and they're watching her grow up. It's a whole new level of connection for them. With all the positives, sometimes there are some struggles when it comes to having both kids and pets. So Marie, I love that you have so much faith in my parenting Tips, unfortunately, I don't have a miracle answer for this one. There is really probably no way to get rid of Miss Kitty without deeply upsetting Lawson. 
So to look at it from a positive side, this means he's built quite a bond with Miss Kitty, and that says a lot about his ability to connect and love another being and take care of another being. That's a very positive thing. But it also comes with the difficult piece that if you do decide to get rid of her, it will be a struggle for him. So if you decide it's just too much and you really just can't get rid of her and you don't want to deal with having him have to overcome breaking that bond with her, you can do some trial and error and figure out how to work on her behavior. So there's a lot of options for fixing pet behavior to have the pet that is what you need for your family. So I would talk to a trainer or a pet behaviorist about how to fix the behavior. If Miss Kitty has the outlet she needs for her scratching, her biting on the toys, scratching posts, trying some sprays with smells that attract cats to scratch there instead of the furniture and clawing and climbing the curtains, that type of thing, she'll be a lot less likely to engage in that behavior in the ways that are disruptive to the family. And of course, I know the shedding is always an issue with pets. Sometimes there's some good treatments they can do with blowing out the fur and getting some of that extra fur out that keeps them from shedding too much. But this is another area of pet ownership that can be kind of a pain, but it's, you take the good with the bad, I guess, or the bad with the good. You know, I really wanted a Rottweiler. And I'm a seasoned dog owner. So when we were getting another dog for the family, this is what I really wanted. I shared this earlier. I read these books, Carl the Dog, with this Rottweiler that took care of the kids. And I was just like, that's what I want next. But Rottweilers are a different kind of breed. They're very needy. When they don't get their needs met, they can become very anxious. They can act out. So in addition, she's considered a quote-unquote restricted or a bully breed, which honestly is so unfair. But I needed her manners to be impeccable, and we're still working on it. She's an eight-month-old puppy, so she can get pretty wild and can be too much for some guests. And she's too much for us sometimes at dinner times. She grabs stuff off the counter. She grabs anything you leave out, the stuffed animals off the kids' beds and floors, any clothing, especially pants or shorts, and then any of my sweaty workout clothes. She loves things that stink. If I leave them out on the bed for even a moment while I'm changing and she happens to come in, she'll grab it and run. She thinks she just loves to be chased. She thinks it's funny. Um, So we've gone through training with her, and once COVID is over, we're going to need to do some more. She's come a long way. She's eager to please. She's fairly well crate trained, so our trainer was like, you know, you need to put her in the crate during dinner time so that you're not having to get up and chase her. She's trying to grab something off the counter. Basically, we just need to be on her like... We just need to, we basically just need to be on top of her all the time. And if we can't be on top of her, the trainer said, put her in the crate so that she's not getting rewarded for this behavior that we aren't liking. So she's excellent at home and in the backyard when we're training with her, but she's highly distractible when we're out on walk. So again, we have some work to do with her, but she's also an incredibly loving, cute, funny little puppy who follows me everywhere. She is so attached to me. She is my little black and brown shadow. So once a pet becomes a member of the family and the kids are attached, it's really tough to undo that attachment. So I recommend going the route of staying the course, finding some solutions to fix those issues with Miss Kitty's behavior. We do have a cat also, and we did have some issues with him scratching on a brand new couch. We luckily were able to get him to stop, but um, I'm not, I have a lot more experience with dogs than cats, but I'm sure a trainer or an animal behaviorist 
would be able to help you out to figure that out with just a meeting or two to get some problem solving for that so that hopefully Miss Kitty can stay with Lawson. So as always, stay safe and healthy out there. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.